happy, happy vibes, my friends. Welcome back to my podcast, Vibes by Alicia, where I believe in spreading killer vibes to light you up and give you that kick in the ass to craft the life you wish to live. This sacred space is dedicated to the lovers of all things business, travel, and lifestyle. Hey, it's about time you get the scoop on the latest vibes, so let's get to it. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and one of the topics for the podcast is travel. We've been traveling maybe 20 years, I think 20, 21 years now. And so for today, I invited my favorite travel buddy, Russ. Hello. Thanks for having me back. You're my favorite and my only, maybe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So we're, yeah, 23. See, your memory is so good. That's why this this episode is so good for you because you're you really kind of hold things in there really well. well we I had, think you we capture taken, we moments. Had taken our first trip together in New York. We weren't married yet. Yeah. And, uh, you, we were dating one year. Your semi semi traditional father uh, let us go. I think he just trusted me in such a way where he thought this was going to be okay. You know why he let me go? Because I had just graduated from college. Oh, there you go. That, that was his. That was his. Right. His marker. Head. Yeah, that was his marker. If you go to college, you finish college, you do whatever the hell you want to do. (laughs) But he liked you a lot, too. Right. That was a good expectation. Yeah. He's always liked you from the very beginning. Since he met you that day when you met me, he's like, that's the guy. That's the guy. I know it. I feel it. He told me. I feel it in my heart. (laughs) My dad's too funny. So today we're going to do like a little bit of a rapid fire travel question. Okay. Um, You know. We're titling this 29 questions to ask those who are obsessed with travel and learn their tricks. Mm. We're going to give them some tricks. Well, trick or treat. I think we're qualified. <laughs> trick or treat. I think after two, almost two and a half decades of traveling all over the world, literally all over the world. Literally. I think we have a little bit of traveling. Yeah, I think we've we touched upon almost every continent except uh, Australia. It's the only one that we haven't touched upon. All right. Are you ready? Of course. I'm always ready. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so tell everybody what you're drinking today, by the way, because you for sure everybody wants needs to know. Russ just completed his WSET three. Yes. It's a level for wine school. Right. It's an academic track. It's yeah. Not the sommelier track. It's the same thing as sommelier, except there is no service component in this track. So, and the level three is equivalent to a certified wine sommelier level two. So most most of the some of these you come across in the restaurant on level one, so this is level two, it's a little bit step higher. And then sometimes when you go to some of the more bougie restaurants, you see the advanced or the masters, and that'd be like level four, level five. But I'll get there one day. It's yeah. a lot of study. It took two years to get to level three. Yeah. Uh, so of, proud of you. A lot of drinking. Yeah. Put on a few pounds of drinking, but at the end it was worth it. We researched, remember? Yeah, research. We did research. Right. Well, you like to be a little more diplomatic about that from a girl's standpoint. <laughs> you drink, yeah, we drink, we drink. But there's a lot of studies, there's a lot of books, a lot of magazines, a lot of podcasts, a lot of reading about different wines from different parts of the world. Uh, not only uh, the grapes, but the winemaking process. Yeah. And uh, what's great from wherever else you drink, so. And I think you immersed yourself in learning for at least seven months mm-hmm. of nothing, but every single day, yeah. studying, studying, right. taking quizzes, listening to podcasts. In the car, driving all, the all day, time. every day. And I remember coming into your car knowing we were going to listen to another wine podcast. Yeah. Well, that's how you pass. I, mean, how I think I could take the test yes. now. Yes. I'll, 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 I'll smoke this. Yeah. Right. Biosmosis. All right. 
So we've got the wine. Oh, tell us what the wine is, though. Oh, you didn't yes, tell us what right. it is. So we are drinking a Velsbeck Frey. It's spelled F-R-E-R-E-S. It's from Central Coast, California. It's a 2017. Ooh. It's 100% Syrah. And it's a good medium body. It's a good red wine. It's a patio pounder for maybe a good light fall day. As much of a patty pounder as red wine could possibly be. Um, it does not have a lot of oak or acid in it for those people who don't like yeah. highly acidic wines. Or it's wines not. It's oaky. really nice. It's a lot of red fruit, a lot of black fruit in it. And uh, <clears throat> the young wines, 2017, from that part of the country, California is known to let the wines age for many years. Mm -hmm. So if you want something light and refreshing and good quality with a lot of uh, um, Good fruit flavors mm -hmm. without the herbaceous flavors. A lot of yeah. people don't like green bell peppers. I love this. Yeah. A lot of forest floor herbs, mushrooms, all that kind of stuff. Also, this is the wine to go for. And you can get it at Houston Wine Merchant on Shepherd and Westheimer. It's 40 bucks. And you can ask for Antonio, they always have it. Or you can go see my mentor, Brandon Kern, who's now a master sommelier. I'm so proud of him. Texas Wine School, they sell it there too for maybe a dollar or two less. I love that. Harder to get than that. Brandon, yeah. Brandon Kern at Texas Wine School or Antonio Gianola at Houston Wine Merchant. Love it. Yeah, those are our favorite places right. and they always do really well. They always recommend the best stuff and this is really good. You've just become so good at picking up wines and I'm the kind of person that only drinks red when yeah. it's fall and winter. Yeah, like right. I don't drink red in the spring and the summer. And you like to drown the white wines in the summer. Rosé all day. Rosé all day. Oh, yes. All right, so here we go. Rapid fire, you're gonna answer, we're gonna go quick and we're gonna do just some quick answers. We're not gonna go in into too much detail. If, 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 if we feel like we need a lot of more detail, we will, but most of these are just 29 questions to ask those who are obsessed with travel and learn some of their tricks. Thanks. All right, okay, number one. What would you say to someone who has never left, never been out of their hometown? What would you say to someone who has never been out of their hometown? Some of them, I, we've met them, Simple. and some people just right. don't want to go anywhere because I'm like, I don't want to. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And once you do it, you'll never want to go back to your hometown. There's a whole world out there to see, mm -hmm. and it's not as alienating or as awkward or as culturally different. They like Americans all over the world. Most places speak Spanish. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, English. The wine's getting to me. Yeah. Uh, English everywhere. Uh, tour they like American dollars, they like tourism. There's a whole world out there to see. It's not that hard to get places. A lot of nonstop flights out of Houston to get you to Europe, to South America, to Asia. Uh, they're they're easy in and out. A lot of American a lot of places you don't have to have a visa. It's I love just that. like going to Mexico. Really. Yeah. And I would just say give yourself a chance to try it one or two times. If you decide definitely this is not for me, at least you give it a shot. Right, absolutely. And maybe not even go so far, just leave your hometown and maybe go somewhere close by, but try something different, try yes. something new. Like we're in Texas. I would say if you're in Houston, try going to like San Antonio or not even San Antonio. I would say what? Like <laughs> like Enchanted Rock is really cool, very right. different. Go to Fredericksburg. Sure. But if you want to get outside of Texas, outside of Texas, or yeah, New York or California, go to Florida. Those are all great touristic places. And you're not going that far, right. yeah. But I was talking mostly on the international. Yeah, service. yeah. You know, Mexico to me. But some people are very scared of just even their own. Right, but it's it's country. Nothing, it's nothing to be scared of. The media always overhypes everything, especially when it comes to any kind of yeah like, protest or terrorist activity. It's always less than what the media, who is in the business of sensationalism, 
likes to portray. Yeah. We've been there. They dying. always We've do been that. To destination. They always the do that. Fetus, and it's never as bad as what it's actually portrayed. It never is. It never is. They just love to to hype it up. Okay, number two. How many different countries have you visited? I think we visited over 120, 130 yeah, I think, countries. I think the last count was about 120, something like that. Uh, who was your favorite travel buddy? Well, of course you. Yeah, you are mine. You know what, though? My mom told me when we first got together that if we traveled well together, we were going to be a good couple. She said that. And she's right. Because the first the first experience when we went traveling, we did it. Well, did we do it ourselves? Yeah. But we managed it and we didn't get angry at each other. We didn't get frustrated with each other. We explored together. We picked restaurants together. We, you know, you told me, let's get on the bus. Let's get on a subway. And I got on the bus and I didn't like complain. I mean, there was so much that we could have gotten upset about on that first trip because there was so much stuff we didn't know. But it worked out. That's the the cool thing about traveling is it's the unknown, right? You're venturing into the unknown. And that's why I don't like going to places really twice because then it's known. The unknown is the intrigue, the mystery, the the allure of of a, getting to visit a place, a different culture, and not uh, knowing what you're getting into. And as a couple, if you can if you can take that head on and then make that work, then you know that the rest of your marriage or your yeah, relationship for sure. will pretty much work out yeah. because that's unknown. And mm-hmm. if you can attract that that the same way then i think that you know, yeah. a good sign that they will work out. yeah because i think negotiation comes in when you travel um making sacrifices for each other sometimes you don't want to do something and i really want to do something um activities that we do together most of the time we agree on them but there's times when i want to do some shopping at the markets and do right. some of those artisan stuff and just like do that in boutiques and you and the boys are like oh here we go we're gonna go shopping with mom but you guys do it for me. So there's a lot of compromising that happens in travel. And the right. travel buddy does that for you. Yeah. You have, you have to. All right. What is the most beautiful beach you have ever set foot on? You go first. Um, for me, it's Punta Mita for sure. Punta Mita. And the Dominican Republic have yeah. beautiful beaches. You know what? That's a tough one because, you know. The other beach that I always think about, too, and I think how beautiful it was, was in Turkey. Yeah. The, the Black Sea. The Black Sea. Right. Those, yeah, I was gonna say the Black Sea, but I think I'll throw that Turks and Caicos out. <gasps> yes, it was nice because Turks that was that was a beautiful, uh, clear water, blue, white sands. It was the the, the beach was pristine, it was immaculate, it was the right temperature, all of it. But you know what? That Black Sea in Turkey, outside of Istanbul, uh, just north of Kyrgios, uh, I think was the name of the right, town. Right, right. That was an interesting experience because just on the other side of the border was Russia. I know. And you could see the oil tanks right. right off the horizon. Another beach that's really pretty fantastic is is um, not Tulum, Holbosch. Yes, yes, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, what is the most enlightening thing your travels have taught you? I would just like to go back to that beach real quick. Okay. I think there's one beach destination I would like to make it to one day, but it's so far. I have a mm, hard time wrapping I know my which head one you're going to say because you've been mentioning this for years. I, I have to wrap my head around a travel this far just to get to I the know. beach. But it's, I get a lot of travel publications I follow. So I get a lot of this feedback and information. It's the Maldives. And I, you know, you literally have to fly to Europe and then you have to make a stop in India. So it's like almost three plane changes. There may be a nonstop from Europe now to the Maldives, but yeah. it's really far just to get to a beach. But just those 
over the water bungalows. Gosh. And this they is a country that's probably dreamy. sinking in, in, uh, in the next 10 or 15 years because oh, of the rising sea levels and all that. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I've been reading. But I think that may happen one day. And our boys who have now started, they're at that age where they don't want to travel with their parents anymore. Yeah. But I think I may get them to come back with us on that particular trip. I think Sorry, so. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. And our boys have been traveling with us since they were three years old. People always ask me that question. How old were they when they started traveling with you guys? Yeah. Three years because they were potty trained and they were off bottles. Yeah. Yay. Okay. What is the most enlightening thing your travels have taught you? Trying to think of that one because well, there's so many enlightening things I've learned. Well, traveling to me is a window and a mirror at the same time. And I've said this many times. You, you, by window, you look into another culture, another way of life, a different history. Um, and it's a mirror at the same time is that what you learn from looking into that window, you come back. And sometimes if it's enlightening enough or the perspective is strong enough, you get to make adjustments in your life for all the stresses that you have or the Western way of life, uh, the demanding, yes. demanding, the demanding schedules and always on the timelines and how other people and other cultures around the world succeed with so much less. Mm -hmm. and we're constantly griping because we want so much more. You know, it's like the Dalai Lama has said once that I had read, he said that you spend half a lifetime making money. Then you spend the second half of your life using that money to cure all your ailments for all the yeah. stress that you've incurred. Making that money. Making that money. Right? <laughs> yeah. You never oh, get to enjoy life. Yeah, we've heard that one a few times. Um, I know. I'm just thinking about, for me, it just shows me that we're not alone, that uh, everybody's facing challenges in the world. Everybody has things that they're going through that you're not just, it gives you perspective. It gives you perspective on your life and how grateful we are for what we, what we have, what we learn. We always we're always able to come back to the United States and be, you know, free, free of thought, free process, free, you know, press. Those things are just something that you realize when you're in other countries that you yes. don't, they don't, they don't have that. When we were in China, we couldn't even access our internet right. in, Beijing, in Beijing, right? Post feedback to the seat of government. The, uh, it just teaches you perspective, right. I think, yes, for me yes. and humility. You were able to access it. Yep, for sure. What's the best souvenir you have ever purchased? I like the, uh, you know what, I'm actually going to bring that back to the United States, even though it's been around the world. I'm going to roll with the uh, the Andrea Stella paintings we bought in New Orleans. <gasps> that was one of our first purchases from traveling. And we had seen that in 2000 when we went to New Orleans. And we liked the paintings. Yeah. We didn't buy them. And then we, a whole entire year went by we, almost. We day. talked about those paintings. It was Memorial, it was Memorial, I'm sorry, we went in 99. And then Memorial Day weekend of 2000, we had jumped on a Southwest flight. And I don't like Southwest Airlines. I'm a United Continental guy. One, because Southwest doesn't travel everywhere. Number two, I don't like the lack of organization of not finding where your seat is. <laughs> I think that's all. It's just that yeah, you don't like it that. Doesn't, it doesn't do well with my mental hardware. We had jumped on a Southwest flight, went to the uh, gallery. This is, you know, before the internet took off, so you really mm -hmm. can't you know, order stuff online. This is 2000. And uh, bought the paintings and literally came, had lunch in New Orleans and came back the next day. I remember that. That was a really cool purchase. But I remember thinking about it. And after that, we, we kind of made a mental note that right. if we liked something and sure. it was something that w was 
powerful for both of us, we were going to get it. We weren't going to wait. We were going to do it. We were going to get it. And so now we have like a nice collection of art. Now, every time we see art, we can't buy it because we have too much already. That's, that's. Well, what, but, what is it for you? But another souvenir that I think was just the stuff we brought back from India. All the jewelry I bought in India, which is fantastic. I think the earrings I got in India. Um, the, the, the yeah. Handmade. Oh, just all the yeah. things we got in India. I think to me were just spectacular, in I, terms of artistic I think, value. I think we took up about ten percent of our space in our house. The uh, uh, the stuff that we had brought back from India. I think so, yeah. but I don't think anything compares to that. Lapis lazuli stone that's now hanging on a wall that lights up at night, and also the um, the pink stone I've got. Memories last Is it granite? No. They're both lit up by these little nice little light pictures that are out for some So beautiful. Where is your dream vacation spot? I always say dream vacation for me is always going back to Punta Mita, Mexico. You're you're more of a loyalist. You like you like to go back and do the same thing over. You like you're the queen of reruns, like I like to say. So I don't like change. I like routine. That's the one thing that we always compromise. But the dream spot for me is doing the Ice Hotel mm. in Norway or Sweden, right above the Arctic Circle, and where you can see the the Northern Lights, the Aurelis Borealis. I'm sure if I mispronounced it, and I know that's probably not exactly your cup of tea because it's cold and freezing. Yeah, and you literally have to take reindeers from the airport to the to the little resort, the location. I have to take. And you ton have of to, clothes and you have to layer up. sleep on layer of ice <clears throat> with a old sheepskin uh um what was the blankets no i know what my dream spot is okay okay, okay keep going yeah right. yeah that's my dream spot I no i would go back in, to in to I, to the yacht in greece yeah i would right. definitely continue yachting in greece i would definitely be very j-lo and uh, and go on a yacht in Greece. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's bougie for me. That's my dream spot. Yeah, that would definitely be cool too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love that. No, but Iceland. I guess it's gonna have. What is it? Iceland or no, Norway? Norway. 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 They have them in both places. Oh my gosh. This is this is, this is further north than Iceland. This is at the very tip of those two Scandinavian countries. What is the longest road trip you have ever taken? Oh, that's easy. Croatia. Croatia. How many? That was 1,600, 1600 miles. 1,600 miles. That was over seven days, <clears throat> four countries, uh, 12 cities, seven hotels, two parks. Uh, we were in a car the entire time. We started in Slovenia, went to Croatia, Bosnia, and Montenegro. And we were just jumping around from hotel to hotel. We saw some amazing uh, geography. We saw some amazing people. It's the When you start in Slovenia, by the time you get to Montenegro, it's almost two worlds apart, even though they're only seven or eight hundred miles apart. Yeah. Uh, languages are different. The accents are different. I speak Czech, so Yugoslavian, Slovenian uh, uh, is very similar to Czech. I understood about half of what they were saying out there. But definitely 1,600 miles. I love that. Yep. What's the longest plane ride you've ever no, been on? That was Dubai. That was Dubai. to Dubai. He said to Dubai. How many, how many hours? 16. Where is the most romantic place you have ever visited? I would say in Cappadocia. Oh, when we had my rented, gosh. Not, sorry, we had stayed at a, res a cave oh, resort, literally gorgeous. in a mountain. There were cave hotels in Cappadocia, central 
Turkey. Love that. And that's old Greek history out there, even though it's Turkey. <clears throat> and they had taken us to the hotel, had taken a little excursion tour on the the hills of a little plateau, mm -hmm. and we were able to watch the sunset and drink local Turkish wine. I always think about that too. Yeah. It's interesting how you remember that one too as the most romantic. I thought it was the most romantic too. Definitely. I, mean, I think we have okay. pictures of it everywhere. I love it. That was one of my <laughs> most. <laughs> yeah, I know. What is one travel horror story? Oh, this is question number 11. I haven't even told everybody the questions were on. All right. Question 11. What is one travel horror story? I can, the worst horror story I would probably, that comes to my mind is Egypt. Even though Egypt's a fascinating place. And yeah. For those that haven't been, the pyramids are not nearly as fascinating as you're led to believe. Uh, they're amazing, but they're, they predate Egyptian, the height of Egyptian history by 1,200 years. Once you get down to Luxor and to Abu Simbel, that's the height of Egyptian history. The architecture, the ruins, and the tours out there are definitely much more in-depth. So in terms of horror story, if you look up Abu Simbel, which is close to the Sudanese border, we had to take a flight from Abu Simbel back to Aswan, in order to cross over the dam in Aswan to Cairo to catch a flight back to the States. And in the process, in Abu Simbel, a dust storm had come through. So there's only one plane, you're literally in the middle of nowhere. You're in a part of Egypt that doesn't really speak Arabic, they speak Nubian. It's a subculture and a sub race that lives in Egypt that really has bled through from Sudan. And there's really nothing out there. There's no stores, there's no hotels. You're going there just for one ruin, King uh, Pharaoh Ramses II, uh, this uh, structure to prevent the Nubians back in his time. And you go there, look at the structure, you get back to the airport, and we're getting on the plane, and then a dust storm comes through, and the pilot says, uh, we're not going anywhere to the dust storm. So none of us, even if you're in Texas, even if you're in Houston, how long does this dust storm last? Yeah. And he says, well, it could be two hours. It could be six hours. It could be 12 hours. Yeah, they right? didn't give us a we time. We don't know. I mean, there's it's not a radar like a Doppler radar where you yeah. can see a storm coming. Mm -hmm. It all depends on where the wind's. So we decided, Alicia and I, with this, we were in a larger tour group, and we broke off. And half the tour group had stayed at the hotel, at the airport in Abu Simbel, and half of us decided to rent a car. Oh my goodness. From a local driver that spoke no English. Ooh. And yes, I am Syrian, but I don't speak Arabic. And we decided <laughs> to go with this Cuban artist and his wife. And we got in this car. And we drove from Abu Simbel three hours through in the middle of July in the desert. We saw dead camels on the road. And this guy was driving in third gear, going 60 miles an hour, up to 70 miles an hour. I kept trying to tell him, you're going to overheat your car. But we made it. And it was one of the scariest experiences we had. We didn't have Max yet. We only had Alex. We did have Max, but he was yeah, at, yeah, that's right. He at, was back at, home. At right? home. Yeah, he Alex, didn't come right? to the trip he with us. He didn't come to the trip. But Max yeah. was, Alex was with us on the trip. And you look left and you look right, and it was just it was just miles and miles of desert. There's you were in the middle, absolutely nowhere. So finally, we get to Aswan, and then. And then finally, the rest of the tour group catches up with us. They finally get on that plane. They, they land in Aswan. We get there. We all board the plane to Cairo from Aswan. And the pilot gets on, and our plane has a flat tire. So we all have to get off the plane. And so 
but you know, in the United States, when you've had a flat tire, they you know, 30, 45 minutes, the tires change the plane and you're off. So everybody asks, how long does it take, take, take? Well, we don't know. You know, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. We don't know if we have a tower. We have to go look. You know, this is not the American way. And it's no, not the way that no, we're used no, to. No, we're definitely not the way we were used to. And so. <laughs> no AAA. What I is mean, that called? AAA? You know, this is before. This is 2009. Now, this is now I didn't have iPhones back then. And 2010. 2010, right? Yeah. And international communication was a little sketchy. The tour, the tour company gives you this this uh, makeshift phone just to get by and I'm calling the travel agency and say, listen, we're having problems out here, but you know, we're, we're seven, eight hours ahead. So it's still nighttime. I had to call my father, you know, just kind of give him a heads up. It's mm-hmm. not, it's looking sketchy mm-hmm. out here. We don't know where to go, we don't know what to do. And finally they changed the plane, they changed the tire, got on the plane and we finally made it to Cairo, but we're supposed to have one day left in Cairo, a nice little relaxation after the very hot uh, and you know, kind of rugged trip. Intense. It was intense. No, and then I also remember being on the plane waiting to for takeoff and the sandstorm was so intense that our plane was um going side to side, side to side. And we were like in the plane looking at it feeling us ourselves like moving it's swaying like it's swaying like it's it was like flying through sand you don't know like you've been through through some thunderstorms but a sandstorm is completely different it feels very different there's a lot of um a lot of wind there's a lot of sand everywhere it, it, and we were stranded in a tiny little right. airport not an airport from no. a big city. It no, was a really. tiny little airport. There was no food, yes. no drink, nothing. It was just you get on the plane and you go. They have stack of chips as well. That's just the It was scary. I didn't think we were coming back from that. But we made it. <sighs> we got to Cairo. We picked up our luggage. We went to the hotel for literally two hours. We, we yeah. got some sleep. We were, we were woken up by the staff at the hotel and got on the plane back to Houston. I don't know how we made it, but we made it. What was the most expensive trip you ever taken? Oh, that was uh, China. China. We did how many days in we China? Did, we did eight days in China. It was my 40th birthday. 40th birthday, yeah. 2017. That was a dinner on the Great Wall in Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong. Uh, we got to meet some amazing people from all over the United States. Nick Saban, for all you college football guys, his personal lawyer was on that trip. The guy that founded, uh, the guy that that marketed famous things cookies was on that trip it was a phenomenal trip and the dinner on the great wall i think is probably my top experience as well all right so right. it was fantastic and beautiful and we booked it through departures magazine yeah, departure magazine yeah one of our favorite yeah, magazines i have seen departure magazine has sent their monthly subscription and they were saying that they were doing a eight-day uh excursion through china and yeah so lisa this is where i'm going for my 40th you kind of roll your eyes. Yeah. Because I didn't want to go to China. I'm like, I'm not going to China. There's no way I'm going to China. This was a Saturday, Monday morning, 8 o'clock. I called the phone number on the ad. And they said, yes, we're booking. And I said, how much? They gave me a price. I said, book it. And that was it. I was actually, there was, it actually sold out within six hours, she told me. There was 24 people on. Do you want to tell everybody how much that trip cost you? About 50 k Wow. All right. Uh, the cheapest trip we've ever taken. Well, I'm not going to talk about the cheapest trip in the United States because that's, you know, it doesn't cost much to travel in the States. I was going to say going to Fredericksburg is probably the cheapest yeah, we've ever done. The cheapest <laughs> international trip is India. 
India, India overall is very cheap. Yes. And we stayed at the top hotels yes. for almost nothing. I guess it's incredible. Six star hotels for 250 bucks a night. We mm-hmm. had a personal tour guide out there. His name was Sunny. Um, he took us all over that New Delhi area, Taj Mahal, Agra. He spent a week with us out there, and it was almost pennies on the dollar to what we paid with us. India and Egypt are two of the least expensive places that you can travel to and see a lot of history and have an amazing experience out there. Fabulous. Yeah. I would go back. Yes. India India is... Most highly, definitely go back to India. India is highly underrated. Highly and remember, you dragged me on a plane to get yes, on that and, one? And now you, yeah, you didn't <laughs> want to go to India because most people have an impression. It's many people. It's 99% poverty. It's very poor. It's extremely populated. Populate, but the uh, magic populated. of India is yes. is extraordinary. Yes. There is a magic to it that you can't describe. You it's, cannot it's tell ma- somebody how magic. it it's feels. Because everybody for a dollar a day is happy. Yeah, there is a contentment. There is right. a sense of liberation. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. I'm not sure. The Taj Mahal is a surreal place. It's more surreal than what you see in the magazines or on TV. Standing by the Taj Mahal, putting your hand on the Taj itself, the history behind the the Mughal emperor at that time and what he did for his third wife. And, you know, that's really her, that's her tomb. And it's just the architecture behind it. And then you have so much poverty around. It's just, it's amazing. It's, it's, just, it's, it's like a yin and yang kind of, kind of coming together. What is your favorite dish? Okay, question 14. What is your favorite dish from around the world? I would say my favorite food from around the world has been the food of Georgia. And I only had that because the food was so bad in Russia that someone recommended, there's one waiter that recommended, you need to go eat at restaurants from the country Georgia. And I think I, no, no, the country Georgia, it was so good. Five Day Alicia Season 5 is sponsored by SNR Creative. Are you putting your money towards visibility but not seeing any change or business growth? Well, that is a problem. SNR Creative is a boutique marketing and business development firm in Houston that specializes in turning your ideas into reality in the most creative way possible. From social media management to website development, graphic design to event management, this full-service creative team does it all. The world can't go on without your services, so let's make sure everybody knows your name. You're either fascinating or forgotten. What will you choose? Get ahead and above the competition by contacting SNR Creative with the link in my bio. Mention Vice by Alicia and receive a free business consultation. Vibes by Alicia Season 5 is sponsored by SheSpace. Hey you. Yes you. Badass hardworking boss. If you're tired of cliche spaces, of the regular and unimpressive, you want to add a little bit of spice to the shared co-working experience, I have just the place. SheSpace is the hub for bold women. It's the queen's throne away from home. I firmly believe in the proximity principle, which refers to the intention of surrounding yourself with the people who embody your ambitions to achieve them. Find that proximity and experience the dream job life here at SheSpace. With membership, you'll have access to a multitude of amenities, a robust calendar of events, and overall a group of like-minded women. So what are you waiting for? Come and see us at SheSpace.
Vice by Alicia, Season 5 is sponsored by Finest Blood. Finest Blood provides patients and partners and clinics with service at its finest. Avoid mixed diagnosis in unprecedented times and commit to laboratory services in the finest way. Whether you are participating in mobile or in-lab services, we will provide you with the finest care and make sure your satisfaction is met. No more waiting long hours in clinics. No more waiting long hours for results. No more leaving the comfort of your own home, if that's what you choose. At Finest Blood, our system is designed to alleviate the challenges of accessibility and timeliness of lab work while providing exceptional customer care. We provide you with the best, best care in anything that we do. Come and see us or follow us at finestbloodllc.com. I couldn't get enough of it. Remember, they gave us like this platter of meats and cheeses. I don't know what kind of cheese it was. I don't know what kind of meat. Oh, just the seasoning, the preparation. The seasoning, the preparation, the taste, the presentation. Um, everything was just top notch. And another place that I would say where my the food was just well, India too, but Turkey. Yeah, and getting up every day, looking forward to my breakfast, um, you know, I don't know what they're called. They're like little pastries that they have. They're similar to like, um, they're similar to like bagels. They're similar to the pretzels, but they're not. They're different. Oh, my gosh. Just looking forward to that every single day in Turkey and just looking forward to eating every single day in Turkey. I don't know what it was about their food. It was just tasty, delicious, fresh. I mean, everybody assumes it's France or Italy, but for me, it was definitely the Turkish food. Absolutely, I agree. And all three fronts. All three oh, Turkish, I love Indian, it. and Georgian food in Moscow. What's the scariest thing that happened to you while traveling? I think taking that ice trip in Idaho, getting to Jackson Hole was pretty scary. Yes. Yeah, because probably, we yeah. were literally on the mountain, snowing, icy. Yeah, it was not good. It was not fun. It was scary, very scary. Well, we had we were flying to Jackson Hole. We had to make a, a plane change to Salt Lake City. Our flight from Salt Lake to Jackson Hole was canceled. So, and there was no rescheduling for the next day or two. So we had to rent a car from Salt Lake and drive to Jackson Hole in the middle of the winter. And it was a five hour drive and it was ice on the road. It was snowing, we couldn't see. We had to go through Idaho. We had to go through what they call Victor's Pass in the Rockies Mountain, Rocky Mountains. And, you know, it's a lot of switchbacking the mountains. And, you know, people from Texas and Houston, we're not really used to it or accustomed. We don't have a lot of experience in driving through those conditions. So we were kind of all on edge. It was kind of quiet in the car. and But we made it. But it was definitely probably, I would say, a very scary experience. Super scary. But I'm really not scared of anything. <laughs> I just got to go right there. <laughs> Motto. Yeah. People ask me, is it, is, it, is it scary driving to No, it's, it's not, not scary. It's not scary. Texas, I, I'm going to piss off a lot of people by saying Texas is the most dangerous place. It is, it is. You know, we've been everywhere. And yeah, yes. Texas is definitely scarier. Are, first of all, there's no, there's no guns anywhere else in the world. No, no. Texas. Japan was super safe. I mean, everywhere. I mean, Love Japan. Been to the Middle East, been to Yeah, been to Mexico, been to Central America, been to South America. In their pocket is reassuring. 
here in Texas, you look at the wrong person at the, the wrong time. Yeah. Follow the house, and before you know it, they're yeah. Shooting. And we've been to Tijuana, we've been to Juarez, we've been to all those places where everybody's like, no, don't go, don't go, don't go. You go, and they're fine. Yeah, live here, live here. Yeah, it's different. Okay, for me, uh, this is a good question. Um, question sixteen: What's the best Instagram photo you've ever taken on vacation? Awesome. For me, my favorite Instagram photos are the ones I took in Cuba. Why? Because number one, I never thought I would be in Cuba. That was always a dream to be in Cuba, but there was always so many roadblocks to get into Cuba. But once I was there, oh my God, it was a experience I would definitely go back to. Amazing. And so the photos that I take there to me are very um, indicative of the, of the rebirth of the Cuban country. Beautiful country. All right. How much do your, how much of your finances do you set aside for travel? Yeah, all of it. Yeah, I agree. We've and been, we've always said that from the yeah, very all beginning. Of, all of our finances, we, we go for we that. Live, we live way below our means. We're not into the bigger houses, the bigger cars. I do have a nice car now, but it was like 20 years before I decided to get one. We always were very humble and lived way below. Uh, always. Yeah. So all, all, all our money is to experiences because material is short-lived. It's the law of diminishing return that they teach you in economics class. You like something for a little while and it kind of grows on you. The great thing about traveling is you always get to go somewhere else and learn and get a different experience. Exactly. And the experiences are mental and they, you can, no one can ever take that away. They're priceless. They'll, right. ne they'll never They're go priceless. away. They'll never, never disappear. Yeah. And I always remember growing up and my parents not having much, but they always put money aside for travel. So for right. me, it's always been, that's what I was going to put money aside for. It was going to be travel. It wasn't going to be for things. It wasn't going to be for clothes. It wasn't going to be for new cars or houses. It was always going to be for travel. And I think that was a decision we made together very early on in our marriage and we stuck we stuck with it forever and people always ask us like how do you travel how do you get to go to all those places when you really prioritize what you spend your money on there is money out there for that for sure um do you have friends from around the world we do have friends from, yes. we've made really good friends with yes. our tour guides for That's sure we still stay in touch you, with them we've had maybe nearly 100 tour guides in 21 years of traveling i think i stay in touch with maybe 25 percent of them and they give us kind of the downloads, the updates. Yeah. Uh, and besides that, it's just, uh, just you know, back and forth communication. We I mean, love. If you guys ever need any recommendations on tour guides out there. Yes. We a, have really yeah. good recommendations yeah. for Let everybody. Let us know. We'll be glad to. Uh, Absolutely. Share that. Who is the most interesting person you've ever met on your travels? Mm. In China, we met a lot of really great, yeah. interesting yeah. people. Those, the, the, the group and the, the Chinese group is, I think some of the most interesting people because uh, they all came from different experiences. A lot of them were business uh, men and women. There was a, uh, a mother and two daughters. They were on that trip. They were friends with the owners of the Lakers and just learning to the experience they were getting. One of the daughters had lost her son recently and she was depressed. It was kind of a interesting story listening to mm -hmm. her. They were very humble considering the amount of wealth that they had. I had mentioned earlier Nick Saban's uh, personal lawyer was on the trip. Yeah. And he was a struggling Democrat in a land of Republicans. Mm -hmm. And they were giving him a hard time on the trip mm -hmm. because most of them were conservatives on the trip. Mm -hmm. And I remember they busted. Which is interesting. A lot of conservatives were traveling to Asia. Yeah. Right, <laughs> That's right, so yeah. uncommon. There was, there was this uh, <clears throat> couple there on the trip that. God forbid you go yes. to a communist country. She was, she was such a. <clears throat> she was always. She was drinking on the trip, and but her experiences in her life, they were from North Carolina, I remember. I mean, it, just, it was 
it was an amazing place and the people there were fascinating they were all well-traveled people and they had all experiences and we all were always to dinner we always kind of traded our experiences and it was fascinating it was it was one of those that you will never forget across celebrities here and there but the folks who mentored the china yeah celebrities are never as exciting they don't want they don't want to talk no no all right um what is the most beautiful animal you have ever seen? We're in travel, we're in travel number 20. What is the most beautiful animal you have ever seen? I think we just got back from a South African yes. safari right. trip. So we definitely saw some beautiful animals. South Africa, just to say, oh. the, the safari is definitely a bucket list. And you, you need to go and see these animals in their nature, outside of a zoo, and how they interact. It is not dangerous, it is perfectly safe. They are scared of you as long as you don't obviously approach them. Uh, keep to yourself. And it's definitely something you need to do. So a lot of people are going to probably say it must be the lion. It must be the elephant. Yeah. It must be the rhino. The usual. Right. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell us the most interesting animal to me personally was a hyena. Yeah. And I, and most people think the hyena, you know, because it has a scavenger kind of mentality. Perception. I know, kind of very, very predatory. They, they yeah. walk with such a swagger. Right? And, I know. And they have this, they're like big dogs with kind of like a lion's personality. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, I was really impressed. I had no idea uh, what the hyenas could actually bring to the table in the wildlife. They're solitary creatures, but they attack in packs, which the lions are not. You know, they're they're more family oriented. Mm -hmm. And Elephants are obviously family oriented. They're majestic creatures. They're gorgeous, huge, they're gorgeous beautiful. Extremely but then hyena really took my breath away. Yes, it did. Right. I was really impressed with hyena. And it's beautiful, but in the sense of not looking at it aesthetically beautiful no. in its in it's in its, in its composition of its essence yeah, its persona, in yeah. its persona, yes. the way he comes across, yes. the way he looks at you. And like examines you, like they're examining you every time they come around. They examine you. They want to see who you are. I mean, they're like calculating. They're smart. I mean, there's so much of them. Of course, a lioness and the lions are just beautiful. And I mean, in you know, in terms of like animal kingdom, of course, they're the king and queen the of the, and the warlords. But that hyena comes around, and you're like, oh my god. Watch out. There's just something unique about the hyenas. Super unique. Just the way, they, just the way they, they trot along the plains, the way they carry themselves. I don't know. It was, I was really. Yeah, there's a swagger. I was enamored. I love that. Yeah. What, uh, okay, has a certain location ever taken your breath away? For me, it was the city of Shanghai. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. It took my breath away, yeah. just arriving into Shanghai. Yeah, I agree. It's. I don't, I don't think there's another city I can think of that I was thinking that it was going to be less than what I thought it was going to be. But when I got there, it almost looked like a 22nd century city with a lot of history uh, from colonial times. Yeah, it's like you're traveling into the future, what, maybe 500 years? No, I wouldn't say 500, I'd say 50 to 75 years. Amazing. I love it. Shanghai. Just the urban planning. It did. It took, it took my breath away. The architecture, the skyline, the proximity of the city to the ocean, the Bund River and the French influence and the French architecture of the Bund River adjacent that butts up to the uh, the uh, Chinese architecture, uh, more called 
Oh, I know, and just driving through the modern. city or just driving through the highways or the right. small cities, yes. you don't, there's nothing that is not interesting. Right. And there's nothing that's not thought out. Yes, makes, so thoughtful. Makes sense. Very thoughtful. This exit is here. This freeway is here. These streets are here. You know, it's back home. It's kind of like wherever it makes economic sense. Then it's where it makes practical sense. Another place I think I haven't talked about and we haven't talked about yet, but really made an impact in terms of how it, it looks was Japan. Yeah, and then Japanese, and, um, yeah, Japanese are very similar to the Chinese. And, and, and the city where it was very traditional, yeah. was it Osaka? Yeah, Kyoto. Kyoto. Yeah. I think that was breathtaking. Definitely, I would definitely... I don't like going back to the same places twice. But, but we need to go, go back. back. And we need to definitely yeah. go do that. Okay. Um, what question are we on? Let's see. Question number 22. What do you consider the best museum in the world? We just talked about that museum. And it was just like... Yeah, it was, it was a museum in St. Petersburg. It's St. Petersburg. I think, it, uh, I think yeah. it rivals the Louvre in Paris. And I think it probably even maybe supersedes it. And, and the, the one in Spain that we loved a lot too, and we thought was magnificent. Which one? Uh, the, the yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Museo del Prado. Well, maybe that's in Milan. No, that's in in Spain. Uh, let's see. Where have you never been, but have always wanted to go? I think New Zealand has always been my dream. Yeah. What about you? I would uh, Australia. Where is the best hotel you have ever stayed at? Ooh. Okay, so in terms of technology and convenience, I would say the Peninsula <laughs> Hotels in yeah. China, Beijing, Hong Kong, and Shanghai. Uh, there's no check-in. They literally reach at the door with an iPad. You're, you're, somehow your bags just disappear, and they reappear in your room. You turn around. You don't know what happened to them. You thought they were stolen. Before you know it, the bags are there before you check in. And they're checking you in on an iPad, literally going up the elevator. So, yeah. you know, so, so think about it. Most technology. Most connectivity doesn't work in the elevator, but sure worked out there. And by the time you got there, the elevator, you were checked into your room. The entire rooms are were controlled by an iPad, the lighting. But in terms of probably bouginess, I would probably say the Four Seasons in Hawaii, which is in central Vietnam. You know what? I think every time we stay at a Four Seasons, it always meets our expectations. Yeah. It never lets us down. Why do you have to bring it back every time to Punta Mita? Because I always go, right? It's my favorite place. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, um, next question. Um, where is the best hotel? Okay, we did. Where's the worst hotel? Question number 25. Where's the worst hotel you have ever stayed the worst at? Worst hotel was our complete bubble experience on the way back to the uh, There was no connections. We had to stay in Miami. I thought it would make an interesting listing in South Beach. <laughs> and man, the, the website and, uh, I mean, that's, you know, I always say that the pictures in the hotels, you always have to take it down and off your mind. Photographers <clears throat> with the quality of the pictures you're able to take on the yeah. cameras. And the hotel in South Beach in Miami was a complete utter disaster. Awful. Awful. There was one bed before us. <laughs> exactly. We could have used the bathtub as a bed, but we were like, oh my gosh. No, we could have put the baby in that, that one, that the little guy. Nothing against South Beach or the hotel. I no, just, we just didn't stay just, in the right place. Was yeah, on yeah it was misrepresented. We didn't I'm stay in the sure right place. Oh, yeah. And we've stayed in South Beach before, and it's yeah. been amazing. It's been lovely. But yeah, that place was awful. Ooh. 
<laughs> what do you love the most about traveling? Just meeting new people, learning new yeah, things, right. eating new food, yeah, new food and just walking right. outside your airport and feeling that the air of the new place. Yeah, right. There is a uniqueness to it. Every time you go somewhere, and the more exotic you go, the farther you get away from Western uh, culture. And yeah. I'm talking about that includes like Europe, Australia, New Zealand. I've been there, Australia, New Zealand, but all over Europe. For example, I remember arriving in Moscow, and I do speak, you know, Czech, Slovak, and Russian is similar to that, but it just felt like you were in a different world. Yeah, it is. Did you feel like you're you're going somewhere completely different? What do you like the least about traveling? It's question number oh, okay. twenty-seven. Yeah, ah, jet okay. lag. Jet, no, uh, jet for lag. me, for, for me, it's jet lag. Hate it. Hate the jet lag. Yeah, I think I hold my breath until the, the, yeah. the, the, the airplane goes off because I know you. I know you're going to be thinking this plane better take off. All right. What's the most fearless thing you have ever done? I think the sky dinner in Dubai was probably the most fearless thing because we were so up high. We were having dinner in, in the sky, basically. This was for our son's 16th birthday. I'm going to say the hot air balloon ride in Cappadocia, Turkey. Ah. Uh. But I, 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 was, I was scared in the dinner in Dubai. Yeah, that was. That was, you were, I think, 150 feet in the air, and, and the whole table was kind of rocking. It rocks with the wind, wind yeah. But also the hot air balloon, because we got up to 1,500 feet. And everybody was chatting away on the hot air balloon. It was like 13 to 14 of us in that little yeah. basket. And that was okay around 500 feet. But once you got to 1,500 feet, everybody stopped talking. <laughs> everybody was quiet. And there was a photographer with one of those zoom lenses. He was taking pictures of everything. And then once he got there, he stopped taking pictures. And he had a zoom lens, obviously, for that reason. To yeah. zoom in on something because he was going far. That was, okay. yeah. It's, it Our was younger son, scary. Max, was on that plane. Um, so on on that, that balloon. Mm -hmm. And he actually decided not to look over the basket. He just mm -hmm. sat Indian style in the middle. He didn't want anything. He didn't want to know. And it was kept, scary. Was it was very scary. I was scary. trying to nudge the hot air balloon pilot. All right, let's go back down. Let's go back to 500 feet. We were good at 500. I know. And you're not a fan of the heights. I don't like heights. Okay. Okay. The last question and the most important question is why do you travel? Why? Why do you travel? To, go, to learn, to grow the person. I travel to learn too. Yeah. To learn and to become a better person when I travel because it brings I learn so much every time I leave and I come back a whole different person and every time I see something new I return to Houston a different person right. I'm changed it changes you at a very sub level very conscious level at a very atomic level it changes you very level. yeah very yeah and so many people travel to Cancun and go to Cabo. You guys need to get out. You okay. guys need or to Vegas. go or Vegas. Get Vegas. out of those three places. Right. It's always the same three. You, I see it all the time on Facebook, you guys. I see your photos. And I'm over here thinking, you have so much to see. You need to get the hell out of those places. You can have a semi-Cancun and Cabo experience in Central America. I mean, you can go to Costa Rica and Africa. Yes. You can go to uh, Panama. You can go to Honduras to to Roatan. To Roatan, gorgeous. They're beach destinations, and they're culturally a little bit different because they're not Americanized like Cancun and Cabo. I mean, nothing wrong with those places. We've been there plenty of times too, but you still got the same uh, beach uh, thing going on where you get to go to a different country. 
It's only they're only their the flights are only three four hours. I mean, go to, Guatemala. go to Guatemala. Stay at a at a lake, Lago de Atitlan was right. beautiful. Find another place to go to, people, please. Right. Just stop <laughs> to Cancun in Vegas. <laughs> you can go there too, but don't only go there. Yes, of course. There's other places. So, all right, we answered twenty nine questions to ask those who are obsessed with travel and learn a few of their tricks. So I hope you learned a few of the things that we've encountered as we've traveled. But I think those 29 questions yeah. remind me, I think they were requested by listeners. Yes. Right. Yes. All of those, all of those questions were um, listener questions. Thank you for reminding me on that. Um, listener questions that wanted to know about us because they know we are obsessed with travel. They know that we've traveled a lot. We've gone all over the world. Um, there's maybe one continent yet that we still need to, you know, go to, and and we're still young, we'll so we still right. make it there one day. We're going to go there, I still tell first. Yeah, and uh, and COVID <laughs> has made it more difficult, but that doesn't mean it stopped us. It just made it a little bit harder. Um, we don't like taking the tests, just like everybody doesn't like taking the tests, but we do take the tests because we do love to travel. Um, and we got vaccinated the minute the vaccine was available. We got vaccinated because we said if this is not if this is a thing that's going to stop us from traveling, we're going if we can do it we're gonna do it because nothing is stopping us we're gonna get out and we're gonna go guys if you want to hear anything more ladies if you want to know more about what's going on let me know talk to me dm me send me a message uh we love your reviews we love to hear from you i love hearing from you follow me at my podcast instagram advised by alicia you can follow me at my personal account at think underscore chick you can also follow me at my store where i sell resell pieces at thinking underscore boutique we love love to share what we've known we've encountered we've traveled we've done things we're in business together we're here for you and trying to share all the things that we can share with all of you so thank you so much mr latasi for being here today well, thank you for throwing me under the booth again under the booth? In the, in the booth. <laughs> Thank you for the wine. Uh, the wine was fantastic. You always pick the best stuff. And you always know what to pick for me. So yeah. And so guys, let us know. We want to know from, we want to know. We want to hear from you. Keep us posted. Love you all. You know what time it is.